Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Ambridge on the Couch, an in-depth look at the arches with me, Harriet Carmichael and Lucy Freeman. Hello. As 2020 finally shuffles away, pausing only to flick the V's at us and shut our collective fingers in the door, let's look at the state of a festive Ambridge. What have you enjoyed, if anything, over the last couple of weeks, Harriet? (laughs) Oh, where do I start, Lucy? It says we make brilliant, incisive comments for a bit. Go on then. Off you pop. You don't about like the, whole... the Alice storyline, do you? Well, no, I, I, it's a very interesting storyline, but because I've never liked Alice, and really, I just, oh, I've just, I've always found her a little bit annoying. I mean, I know she was supposed to be an annoying character, and then I don't know, maybe it just felt like it came out of nowhere after lockdown, and then, mm. and I wasn't really sure if we'd sort of missed the. It felt like we'd missed quite a lot of the storyline, but maybe it was like a sort of given that 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 her well, dependency. We knew, on... we knew she used to hit the old trog quite a bit. Yes, didn't we? yeah, we did. I suppose it, yeah, and obviously, I guess it was no big reveal that she was an alcoholic. But um, well, she did well, didn't she, to get into rehab before Christmas? Yes, but did she actually go? <gasps> You're joking! <laughs> oh. That is breaking brainwaves there. But it wasn't me. I didn't think this. I am, oh. a, I am an innocent and pure soul. Yeah. And I thought, but of course, she said she did. So she did. But um, somebody on Twitter said, I don't think she went at all. And then loads of people said, no, I don't think she did. Gosh. Either. Oh, God. And that she'd hidden. But then when she talked about the things she'd had to write down in. Yeah. And, also, reasons and then to it would. Keep the baby, uh, reasons to. You know, because of the baby and all that stuff, and the covering up about going to Bath. I mean, that was then that would have been like a double bluff, yes, which would be even weirder. As we know, addicts are the most proficient liars. (gasps) Oh boy, I I obviously hate conflict in the arches, or you know, I hate sad things. I don't know; they have to happen for the drama. But you hate conflict, full stop. I know. know. That's why I can't read anything or watch anything on the telly anymore. (laughs) I can only listen. Is it sad? No, no, no. (laughs) I I can only listen to the Archers and Miss Marple. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even listen to the afternoon play. This is always too depressing. Um, Oh, but I so I I just I want it to be okay. But and we haven't heard for a while. I think what. What really made me sad was thinking about poor Chris. You know, every time she goes anywhere oh, and he says, where did you go? Why oh, are, yeah. you know, what did you? And I just thought about the impact of 
that sort of thing on relationships and how you yeah. can't how the hell do you come back how do you when he realizes that the person he knows might not even be you know because he's very bless him he's 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 a bit of a well i don't know whether he's not bright or what but he's sort of well he, it's quite difficult to know because he's he changed characters didn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes yes he, he changed did, yes. accents a bit really didn't he <laughs> <laughs> he definitely used to be a bit thicker, I think, didn't yes. he? Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, well, whichever one he is now, I'm not sure. Now he's just a, he's, well, he's a good looking sort of, Punk. you know, yeah, whatever he does, blacksmith. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but, um, no, but, I, but actually the bit I did like was when he told Harrison and then he was actually for the first time quite truthful about how yes. he felt about Alice, wasn't yes. he? Because you were like, oh, he's being... Well, I know he was being understanding, but mm. I sort of felt I would be, you know, yeah. so angry and resentful. Yeah. You know, how, how, because you do, it's hard to, if you're not an addict, you can't yeah. understand uh, how, you know, how yeah. the alcohol has more power over you yeah. than the health of the baby. Yeah. It is hard to get your head around, isn't it? But when, when he's kind of being, uh, he's a great sort of fixer and a smoother over. So, so he just, he gets angry yeah. with her and then says, oh, no, yeah. don't worry, it'll be fine. It'll be yeah. fine. We'll get through this. And you think, look, homilies aren't going to get you through. This isn't, you're not watching a Hallmark Christmas film. You've, you know, this is going to well, be really, really hard work. And I don't think he is in any way prepared for it. Also, it's so sad for him that she's not telling people. Yeah. Because well, you would have thought that one, well, I don't, I have no idea, but presumably it would help them both if they could talk about it with their family you know especially yeah. if she could talk about it with her mum yeah but you have to as the addict you have to come to terms with it yourself before right. you can tell anybody else because the trouble with that um it you can become quite performative as an as an addict so you can come it can kind of be all the drama can be about you so yeah. in some respects it's better to actually keep it quiet reconcile yourself to it and then sort of come out uh but okay i think what's the worrying sign is when people start telling all and so that evangelical thing telling all and sundry that they're an alcoholic and they're never going to touch a drop again and they're, and they're completely over and their life's changed and everything else yeah and you think i don't believe this i don't right. believe what you're saying it's got to be a kind of a really rational calm yep and the anyway. bit i absolutely hated was the lads talking the horses <laughs> but it was too clunky because it all came at once all yeah. their sort of like backstories yeah. were like oh what about you you know yeah. <laughs> oh, tell yeah, us more about when oh, you were mother because da, da, da. Yeah. Yeah. on christmas day oh yeah, yeah you know and you're like oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but i suppose they had to just get that out of the way yeah. <laughs> also because there was one guy they used and he's like in loads of afternoon dramas so I just felt like like we were listening to a completely yeah. different drama. Yeah. And it was he was just a bit but I then felt I was listening to someone's sixth form drama project. <laughs> yes, it, no, it was like a TIE show, yeah. wasn't it? When you yeah. go around schools yeah. to just say no. Lucy Kimbo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel bad because it's a really it is such an interesting storyline yeah. and but and it's it will be so powerful i think but whenever 
This is when they get it wrong. With the Robin yeah. Helen thing, they did it yeah. really right, didn't they? Amazing. They did it really subtly. Simmered a long time. It. Yes, I think that was... But then maybe they had to because of lockdown and not being able to, you know... Mm. Because obviously the Blake thing happened... You know, that was... Yeah. You know, the ble- breaking his back was pre-locked. Yeah. Was, so it was obviously just about to sort of start properly, yeah. wasn't it? And yeah, then, so maybe they had to... They, they had to quick, quickly tell us why Blake is like he is. And, and, and it's all the sort of, you know, yeah, it, it was just a bit sort of. And then uh, what's, the, what's that, the, the lady called again? That they're, Victoria. Oh, Victoria was yes. like this sort of slave master lady. She was a bit like this, wasn't she? I was like, what? Because it made got just so normal not pretending to be evil yeah it would have yeah. just sounded more believable because that's actually much more sinister when we yes. all thought philip was nice exactly and he started talking about the horses i, I was thinking <laughs> what horses has he got horses? <laughs> i didn't know he rode i know he hunted <laughs> and then because i'm an idiot caught on with what was going on i took me ages <laughs> and uh so yeah that was the, but that was so much more that casual way. Yes, you know, absolutely. Selling them on value for money. Yeah, damaged yeah. goods and all that. Because he does it in such a breezy, insouciant way, it's much more affecting than it's some chilling. Yeah, some lady with her coat turned up <laughs> in an aircraft hangar saying, "So tell me about the goods." Because you can just picture in her yeah. like long leather black yeah, coat exactly. and leather boots, putting them. Putting a stubbing a fag out on the back of Gavin's hands, <laughs> and Gavin being like such a dick. Yeah. Oh, Dad, I'm not sure. You know, like he has to oh, have his painkillers. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going to be feeding them hobnobs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. It could be hilarious, but it can't be hilarious because it's such a because it's modern slavery. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh, yes. And it is really serious um, yeah. and 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 really brilliant storyline to tackle. But the bit I thought they did brilliantly was Helen talking to oh, yeah, that Gav was clever about it. Yes. And talking about Rob and all the, the coercive control that he'd used on her was what Philip was using on Gavin and yeah. on the slaves. Yeah, that was brilliant, actually, because yeah. I didn't see a link you see there. if they give us the credit for not being twonks <laughs> we're actually not that thick are we yeah, really? so, we well we are the end, Lucy, you know? we didn't know what the horses were <sighs> yeah but only for a few minutes then we caught on <laughs> i only caught on because of someone on twitter who wrote about them <laughs> oh they're horses <laughs> but that's enough of that it's time for lucy's week in ambridge over to you lucy Ah, we began the week with a bit of grandparenting, Grundy style. Yes, Poppy, I know you want an iPhone 10, but here is a bin bag and let's go and pick up empty crisp packets. Children (laughs) love empty crisp packets. They are known for it. Cannot get enough of them. Winning was looking dicey, but Parpy found Alice's bottle stash down by the river, which meant they won the competition, but technically it cost them money as they had to hire a crane and a skip to get them all in. Talking of the Carter Aldridge Alliance, Alex is out of Alex. I've made up a person. Alice is out of detox, and Chris is a terrible liar. But then, compared to Pinocchio Alice, Richard Nixon would look like George Washington. She started grumbling at Chris before they'd even got home, then promptly ignored him in favour of messages on her phone from Felix, her sober sidekick. Ooh. 
never heard it called that before. <laughs> Chris said that all three of them were going to beat Alice's alcoholism. <laughs> I presume he was including the baby in that, which seemed a bit of an ask for something that isn't even out of the womb yet. Or maybe the midwife. Or, or Felix. Or maybe <laughs> Tess Daly. Who bloody knows? Over to socially distant rehearsals with Roman, Jill and Krusty. I love the fact that they are still playing silly bloody games when they're a week away from Christmas and none of the cast even know what they're even doing and now their director's sodding off to the Maldives, but more of that later. <laughs> the games weren't that successful, really. Jill just rambled on about pigs and called Kirsty a trollop. Then Krusty got upset at the prospect of leaving Ambridge because obviously when you spend your days sluicing flip-flops and trying to persuade primary school children to lift trolleys out of a river, it's a lot to give up. <laughs> Always go out on a high, Kirsty said Jill and annoyingly failed to add by dobbing your boyfriend into modern slavery. Kirsty reminisced with Jill of the good times she'd had in Ambridge, being in trouble with the police and then jilted at the altar by a walking sausage. Ah, happy times. <laughs> Alish went to visit Peggy. To be honest, if I had a secret to hide, I would put at least six clear months between the doing of it and seeing Peggy, as that woman could sniff out a guilty secret faster than a drug dog at Manchester Airport when your beta flights in. <laughs> Basically, Peggy's opening gambit was, how did you manage to give up the old electric soup, Alice, as we all know you're a bit of a Prosecco hoover? <laughs> Within minutes, Alice was shouting her innocence, thus making it appear to Miss Marple Woolley that not only was she a raging alcoholic, but was also knocking off half of the Midlands while pregnant and had probably got a body in the boot of her Audi. <laughs> Kate is making homemade hand sanitizer, apparently, but Peggy managed to haul Alice's head out of the bucket before she got too stuck in. Peggy did confide her fears about Alice to Lillian, but Lillian was too busy worrying about the Christmas show. I don't care what I do as long as it's over quickly and I can have a gin after, she said, exactly the same as I say to Justin. <laughs> the producer of this badly organised smorgasbord of nonsense, Freddie Pargeter, was celebrating his 21st birthday with Lily by deciding to go out and do something wild. Lick a trolley in Aldi, that'll do it. <laughs> they eschewed that in favour of going to a casino which went wrong because Lily didn't have ID. But what was interesting was the doorman that chucked them out of the casino then sprinted up the high street to become the caller at the gala bingo. <laughs> How did he know that's where they were going? It's a Christmas miracle. As befits this shite bag of a year, it ended with Krusty marrying Philip Moss. I love the fact that we were not involved in the discussions about this wedding. As far as I was aware, they've spent five weeks arguing about Gavin's pretend gambling addiction and Philip's Christmas lights. Not discussing marriage. Anyway, Krusty then became Krusty Moss. You can get some spray for that in B&Q. I used it on the decking. The wedding was a bit pants except for Philip saying, I will put everything into being a better person, apart from the slave driving, of course, which I regard as a hobby. And over at Grange Farm, there is a Christmas scam going on. Of course there is. Eddie has basically sold the same turkeys twice, which is an ambitious scam even for him. Eddie persuaded Oliver to get himself up Lidl and get free turkeys for a tenner so he can pass them off as Grundy turkeys. Having spent the last 30 years trying to rope his wife into his vaguely illegal shenanigans and having them shot down in flame for the weary, Oh, Eddie! Eddie's <laughs> moved his sights onto his four-year-old granddaughter, who he's got <laughs> nicking alloys, and a confused hotelier who sounds like he doesn't know which way up he is. Anyway, it all went hilariously wrong and they both finished up in a bathtub sliding down the Yorkshire Dales. Oliver described this as the great Grundy blunder or Blundy grunder or something and for the first time but not the last wondered why the hell he's friends with Eddie. And in news that seriously made me wonder whether or not I should just throw in the towel entirely, Tracy considered moving to the Maldives with Roman. 
<laughs> Roman has a job ruining the holidays of people who've spent a bloody fortune <laughs> hoping for a relaxing tropical paradise. And instead, they have actors who've been hauled out of rep in Plymouth, popping up from behind hammocks, declaiming King Lear and performing badly rewritten murder mysteries, where the cops, the corpse sneezes and the detective's accent shifts across three countries. <laughs> Happily, Tracy came to her senses and realised that you couldn't get potato faces in the Maldives, so she's staying, thank God. She is the only one with any sense at the moment. If possible, could she be the one to find out about Philip Moss? As with the current rate of sanity among the rest of Ambridge, I suspect that if, any, if it was any of the rest of them, he'd end up with an award from the Prince's Trust. Don't go anywhere, Tracy. We're going to need something to get us through Christmas. The <laughs> end. Yay! <laughs> here, here. So much has happened. I thought, <laughs> I thought we talked about everything that happened. No, there's always more if you dig around for it. <laughs> Um, of course, Kirsty got married. Yes, but wasn't that awful? But then everybody didn't want it to happen, so it wasn't like a hurrah. No, no. And no. they also didn't do the cliffhanger when we didn't know if she'd officially signed, and because everyone was saying, "Or is there going to be a, a just impediment thing?" Oh, and right. Of course there wasn't. Oh, okay. Because yeah. they're going to string this flipping thing out, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But but fair enough. I love the fact that if you if you do the tweet along, yeah, and people's ideas to how they can <laughs> manipulate the episode round to get the to get the result that they want is just phenomenal. <laughs> it's like ah ah, so the book the horses will buy Philip a present and they'll leave it in the garage and Kirsty will come out and she will say who are you and they will say we are Philip's slaves and then it will all be because <laughs> you know? everyone's like well, just finish it. And now we cross to Ambridge itself to hear what's going on on the therapist's couch. Ambridge, a village in the county of Forsetshire, like many rural villages, has had its services cut. As part of a pioneering new scheme by the local mental health unit, the village is benefiting from a mobile therapy bus. We join the therapy bus on its first visit to the village. Jeff, Jeff, stop. Can you stop here? She said the pub car park. Joe in the office said the pub car park would be all right to park in. To be honest, I wouldn't trust anything she said anymore. Outreach, she said. Outreach, my ass. I didn't realise I'd be on a sodding bus. Can you turn the blower on? Freezing. I've done open university, you know. I don't need to be driving around like Postman Pat. Jeff. Jeff, who's first? Mrs. Carter. Any sign of her? Hello. Is this the therapist thing? Mrs. Carter? Susan, yes. <laughs> Call me Susan. Lovely to meet you, Susan. Come in. Come in. Have a seat. Mm, I'll give the beanbag a miss if you don't mind. These are new tights. Oh, of, no, of course. Wherever you feel comfortable. I wasn't sure if you might recognise me, actually. Recognise you? Have we met? Oh, it's all right. You don't need to pretend. I may be a radio celebrity, but I've always got time for me listeners. I'm sorry, but I really don't think I've come across you. Uh, but to be honest, I'm not a big radio listener. Well, you must be a busy woman like I am. As well as being a local shopkeeper and a yoghurt curator, I have a show on Radio Borchester. It's an in-depth exploration via phoning of the issues facing local residents. You know, Covid, beekeeping, 
mushrooms. I frequently end up giving them friendly advice, so you and I are similar in that regard. Oh, I see. Is it an advice show? Not per se, but being a prominent local personality, you know, and a mainstay of the community, I feel I've got a lot to offer. And if I can stop someone making a bad decision, then I think it's my duty to offer me services, even if, and I hate to say it, it's something they may not want to hear. Well... You sound like a very busy woman indeed, Susan. Is mm. there anything in particular you'd like us to cover today? Uh, what brought you here? Neil! Oh, I say. Well, yes, there is something I'd like to discuss. Mm -hmm. It's more of an opportunity, really. It's, you see, my show's under threat. I should have seen it coming. Tall poppy syndrome, you know. I put it down to a bit of jealousy. Like Carol Vorderman. Oh, I have such sympathy with that woman. But if I can persuade my producer that I've got a brilliant new guest to interview, I might have a chance of rekindling his interest. So I thought I'd ask you. Oh, God, I'm really, If you really knew of anyone. Oh. Oh, before you say it, I've already tried the AI man and fat Paul. I see. Is there no one in your family you could ask? Well, yeah, but my family's a bit... Varied. You know, they talk about blended families. Well, mine's not so much blended as all over the shop. Well, that's a common situation nowadays. Not like mine. My son Christopher's married to an Aldridge. Hot water tap and a wine fridge. Oh, yeah, Christopher's done very well for himself. But Emma, my daughter, well, she's living in a mobile home with her partner Ed. They'll be having Christmas with her mother-in-law, Clary, and ex-husband, Will. Clary's ex-husband? No, Emma's ex-husband. Oh, that's really, really mature that she can share her Christmas with her ex-husband. Well, he'll be there because he's Emma's ex-husband and also her brother-in-law. Clary's brother-in-law? No, Emma's. Right, right. Hang on, I might need another sheet of paper. So it's a, it's a large and varied family. Surely there's someone in there you could interview? Well, this Tracy. But the only thing she's qualified to talk about is cricket and sex. Either way, she'd bring googlies into it. I did suggest to Emma that she could do a talk on mobile homes, erasing the whiff of the caravan. But she said she couldn't because she's a parish councillor. Oh, then no one else? There's my brothers, but they're unavailable. Oh, oh are they shielding? Yes, it's shielding, that's a good way of putting it. I guess there's always Eddie. Ah, Eddie is your daughter's partner? No, Eddie is his father-in-law. Oh, her father-in-law. You're getting me at it now. Oh, but I can't talk to Eddie, because over the years he's had more media coverage than Colette Rooney. I wonder if she'd be available. What with her court case, she might be glad of an opportunity to put the record straight. But it's probably sub-Judith, isn't it? Well, why don't you talk about your Christmas plans? I mean, people seem to be interested in, in you. Oh, do you think? A Carter Christmas? Well, I could, I suppose. Serviette sculptures, a few hints and tips on canapes, and what wine to serve with the peanut loaf for the vegans. 
I mean, it's all been a bit different this year, isn't it? Borsetshire's in tier five, you see. We're not allowed to mix with anyone from outside Borchester, ever. Except the Welsh. They're allowed in, but we're not allowed out. Well, that sounds like a great idea. So, um, okay, describe to me your ideal Christmas. What I really want is to sit with my Neil on my settee at Ambridge View. Nice glass of white wine, Downton Abbey on the telly, or the Crown. Something where you don't care what happens to any of them because you know anyway. All snuggled up. Door locked, Neil in his Ralph Lauren jumper that I got him last year. Me and my green dress that he likes. No roast turkey, no canapes, no twiddling about with lemongrass or ice cubes. That sounds really relaxing. Yeah, and a massive bowl of chilli. Oh, is that a Christmas tradition in your house? It is if I want Neil to go to the bottle bank for me. Well, that sounds great. Happy Christmas, Susan. Ah, thanks, you too. Uh, oh, and by the way, I think your driver might have parked up on a peacock. I heard a bit of a squawk as I came up. Happy New Year. So that's that. Um, It feels very funny to be starting a podcast as the year ends, but then... Nothing has made much sense this year, let's face it. Oh, is this going out before the end of the year then? Yes. Wow, I could have talked about Christmassy stuff after all. What? What were you going to say about Christmas? <laughs> well, nothing really. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's got any spare Christmas presents, because now all the shops have shut. And I've boycotted Amazon. <laughs> so I'm just a little behind. Right. Is all. So everyone's getting packets of Jacob's Cream Crackers or whatever you've got left. Yes, it literally. Thank God I've got like a spare panettone <laughs> from last year. <laughs> um, so anyway, we really hope you'll stick with us in 2021, which God knows can only be better for everyone. And there will be another podcast up in a fortnight. So subscribe to us on iTunes and then you'll never miss an episode. And who would want to miss an episode of this <laughs> shambolic nonsense? <laughs> like 2020, <laughs> this podcast will also get better. <laughs> There'll be a lot less deaths, fewer deaths. <laughs> a lot more coherence. Yes. And Maybe a few jokes, Lucy. Yeah, that would be good. And you'll be able to travel away from the radio. Yeah. And in the meantime, from both of us, sounded like the two bonnets, have a fantastic Christmas and we will see you on the other side. Jingle bells, jingle bells, God, jingle bells. We never said singing. <laughs> Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin. While the Glow & Go facial set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM.